Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is the Vencast Studio Production. Welcome, welcome to episode 18 of Riding the Pine. I'm Hondo here with Guy and MTG. What's up, guys? What up? Oh, man. Energy in the building. So much energy. I believe episode 18 is the Kurt Rambis episode? False. This is 818, 81 for Kobe, 8 for number 8 Kobe. This is the Kobe Black Mamba episode. (laughs) I love it. I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. So, you know what? We're in week 8 of the NBA season. So... We we have so much to go through. This week is like highlight week in the NBA. It's just like every single team and player just decided to do something crazy this week. And we're going to break it down um, as we go through, go through some awesome moments and notable stats for the week. So, you know what? We're just going to we're going to go right into it. We have to go right into it. There's no other option. So we are going to go right into gameplay. So, so, so we are going to go... When we get started, we got to start right away with gameplay. There's no better way to start with our games of note, intensity, intrigue, and introspection. introspection. All right, so we're recording 12-17-2016, and we are going back to last Saturday. Does so, anyone remember last Saturday? I don't know. It's a long time ago, really. But Forever, like Land Before Time. Uh, it's Land Before Time 43. I, I only remember it was the last time we recorded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So I want to go through a couple of quick games, and then we'll uh, kind of break it down from there. Okay. From last Saturday, the most notable game I saw is the Grizz beat the Warriors by 21. Beat one breaks off them. 110 to 89. 21, 21, 21. <laughs> so on Sunday, on Sunday, this was a bit of an upset. We saw OKC over Boston, 99 99 to 96, which is a bit surprising for me. Moving on to Monday, we have the Clips. The Clips edging Portland. You know, we we expected this would be a good game, and it certainly was. 121 to 120. Tuesday, we had a couple of really, really good games. T-Wolves over the Bulls, 99 to 94. I don't want to talk about it. However, the Wolves post up the biggest comeback of the entire season in this game. So, 21-point comeback. We also have the Pelicans staying in it against the Warriors. I, I thought they would be completely out of it, but, you know, this this season in the NBA, especially the last couple of weeks, have proven anything can and will happen. 
So um, the Warriors ended up winning 114-109, but that is much closer than I thought it would be. When We move on to Wednesday, 12-14. Houston crushed the Kings by 34. Harden it just keeps po- dropping those triple doubles and, again, pushing himself back into contention for the top spot for the MVP race. Moving on to Thursday, the the Bucks and the Bulls. So the Bucks and the Bulls are going to be mentioned a few times here. The the Bucks have a pretty surprising performance against the against the Bulls. They end up winning 108 to 97. And Giannis and Jabari Parker are on fire over the last couple of games. And then we move to last night's games. This is 12-16. The, the Bucks and the Bulls have the second part of their series. The Bucks again. What MTG? What's going on here? The Bucks take the Bulls 95-69. Like, I think they were questioning management after this game. And then the Hawks over the Raptors, 125-121. Trying to predict the Hawks winning against the Raptors, not so easy. All right, thoughts, concerns. Where where do we go from kind of our highlight games or any other games that you guys watched? Yeah, I really liked how there were a couple home-and-homes this week. There yeah. was the Memphis and Cavs. Yep. There was the Milwaukee and Chicago. Yep. I, need, I, I want more of that in the NBA, and I think they're hopefully getting more of those. But Memphis and Cavs took a weird spin on it where the Cavs played at home, and Marcus all sat out, and the next game, the very next day, yeah. the Cavs sat out uh, belligerently, love, Irving and James, they didn't even travel with the team. That's, like they were just throwing the towel for that game. I don't, I don't like that. I, I mean, right. obviously, obviously the players need to get rest sometime, but that's weird when you, when you, you're kind of expecting that matchup to go both ways, and then all right. of a sudden it just, it's not the same matchup. But speaking of expecting, I'm sorry. Speaking of expecting, then we had you know Milwaukee and Chicago, and I was expecting a different result. And- MTG, what were you expecting from that little uh, series? Well, I want to go back to resting players real quick. Sure. Um, I hate that everybody blames this on coaches or blames it on people not putting out uh, a great product for all the fans that drove oh, 700 right. miles to see the fans, like <coughs> or to see the players. Right. To me, it's more about why do you have 82 games in the season? You're diluting your product, and this is evidence right here is that if you want the top performances in the playoffs, if you want these players to be healthy down the stretch. You need to rest your players in December, right? Like yes. that only makes sense. No one's going to look back and care what happened in December of the season. It only matters to the people who, yeah, put up that money to go down to Memphis. But it's like, what if you had sixty-five games instead? All of a sudden, every dude is playing every game at the top of his level. You love Giannis, you love Jabari going off. Like, yeah. guess what? You take a bunch of meaningless games off the schedule. They're going to deliver. So uh, right. I, I just hated the narrative this week in the media around just like, oh, yeah, you know, this is a result of just like. You know, everybody taking advantage and not no, putting out no, a, no, no, no. a product I, on the floor. I will, I will, I wouldn't go with that. But can I, ex, can I extend the question from there? So, who's doing the best at resting players, and who, who's probably the worst? And I just want to get your guys' take. Who in the NBA is kind of best at this? I, because I think there's the Spurs have always done a great job at resting their players. So Popovich has just has made it a a consistent thing for them that they're he just doesn't care. Mm. I don't really know if I can answer yes or no in terms of who's best and who's worst. Okay. But, like, comparing it to other National League sports, like football, they're saying their season's too long and they're only playing 16 games. Baseball, what the hell? It's like a – it's a nausea for, like – it's, you know, regurgitation for (laughs) five months, right? Yeah. I only pay attention to the World Series, honestly. Yeah. But, like, 
that's just me being biased, but like people who are fans, that trickles down to like stats from decades ago, you know, like 182 games or something or whatever they play, 160 something games. Yeah, 162, yep. If you make if you take a knock on that, then you take a knock on some of the tradition and some of the stats and some of the yeah. you know. But what was isn't necessarily what is today. And that's so maybe thing. like yeah. the the sanctity of comparing people from eras, like I don't think that's, that's a valid excuse. Like yeah, you can't not. compare people from eras anyway. So if you want to say like, okay, so maybe the players now will never be able to break the records that were once held, well it's like, well, we don't we don't you know, everything's an asterisk. Will Chamberlain scoring a hundred does not mean anything to today's NBA players. So no. it's like if you're, I don't know. So I just, I just think it's not, it's not that big of an issue that they rested all their players. It sucks for the people that paid money to see LeBron and they didn't get to see him. Right. But yeah, at the end of the day, I agree. I'm not a fan of resting players, but teams are going to do what they're going to do. Yeah. If the season's too long, the season's too long. You know, they've already made some strides in terms of maybe not. Actually, they've actually lengthened the season now right. by next year. Yeah. But um, they're spreading the games. Backs. Yeah, exactly. Not completely, but some of them and so hopefully the back-to-back description discrepancy kind of goes away mm-hmm. and then it's now just focused on the players and the teams and who cares if it's a lengthier season you i don't know as long as everyone's healthy right like that's Did what really matters mean, i know it's four games and five nights that they're eliminating now back-to-backs you hit me what actually literally actually <laughs> oh no <laughs> the actual i think they went from 18 back-to-backs per team this season to 14 don't quote uh, me on that. Oh, oh, could be. I think their their goal is to eliminate most of the four and five nights and the yeah, the, like the rigorous stuff. Sure. Um, continuing on this week, uh, Bucks over Bulls just felt like a changing of the guard. Um, I predicted before the season started that Chicago would not even make the playoffs, and their early runs had me, you know, feeling you know kind of kind of crazy about that. Like, oh man, I can't believe I doubted them. But this really seemed like all of a sudden you just had the young guns up and coming, handing it handing it to these old vets mm-hmm. and. Um, it was pretty obvious to me. I watched those games, and I didn't. I didn't feel good for Chicago at any point in either of those games. <laughs> even when they came back on their runs a little bit, um, Chicago is just not. I don't. Just don't think they're that good of a team versus Milwaukee, who has young athletic players who are coached yes. well and just who yes. give a fuck right now. That's the big thing. Is like you see, uh, you know, you see Giannis, you see Jabari, you see even Greg Monroe was like wow, putting up numbers, putting up effort, getting boards, you know, outlet passes. Making the extra pass, right? He would get the ball, and then he would see a cutter, and Greg Monroe and the post looking like Arvidas Sabonis. Like, <laughs> anytime that's going on, I'm just like, you know, Chicago just needs to, to fold it, pack it in. So that wasn't too surprising um, to me. Uh, I saw Portland play a couple of close games against the good teams and then just drop one to Denver. So they're kind of yeah. up and down. Yeah. I just saw a lot of up and down this week um, sure. in terms of what's going on. Like, the Kings barely. Who'd they edge out? Uh, I can't remember. They they won one game this week, but then you know they got blown out by Houston. Yeah. Um. You know, I just saw a lot of inconsistency. OKC, right? They lost to Boston, and I think they beat somebody else, and they lost to Portland. Huge. Right. Yeah, just right. like you know, again, I just saw a lot of volatility. A lot, this but week. it's a lot of parity. There's there's a lot of parity on the on the lower seeded teams. It's parity, but there were a lot of twenty point games. There were a lot of games where I was looking back at the the scores at the end of the week and I was just like so and so won by twenty, so and so won by twenty. Yeah. It's the same it's not the, like it's the same team that would lose by twenty would then win by twenty the next night. And it wasn't <laughs> indicative of team strength or team yeah, characteristics. Try, try to predict Charlotte. You can't predict Charlotte uh, right now. Exactly. They lost all their games. And they're still they still well, I mean No, they're we'll st- they're still in it and yeah. and Atlanta's still in it, and, and Atlanta's incredibly tough. They're they're bouncing back, but they're still about five hundred. So that that means they're still in the race. So and a team who's quietly dominating this race right now is Houston. Houston is like, man. Houston is really going for it. Yeah. 
what is it? They only like they only do layups or three pointers. Uh, they're yeah. That's basically their their strategy, and just <laughs> just to run and gun. I just love everybody's memory disappeared. Like this was the Phoenix Suns five years ago. <laughs> yeah, like, sure. uh, oh, a D'Antoni team got off to a great regular season start and is running people off the floor and only shooting threes and layups. And like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. This is shocking. Breaking NBA news. But D'Antoni also ran the Knicks for a team or for a year or so. Yeah, but you're not running up and down the floor with Carmelo. Yeah, you are. Carmelo looks uh, a little bit inflamed, a little bit inflated. I don't know what that dude's being fed there in New York, but he needs to switch up his diet. Yeah, more respect to LeBron, actually, honestly, with all of this, because here's the story is coming out of Chicago. Here are the stories coming out of New York, and there's like, you know, qualms with management and Phil Jackson and Melo and um, Dwayne Wade releasing this commercial about him being like loyal to Chicago, but he's getting tossed out of games and being an asshole, honestly, on the game. I don't know. I'm like, I'm praising LeBron here because these he's like the banana boat group, and he's like, <laughs> I don't know. He's this, he's taking it on. He's taking the yeah, pressure yeah. off of everyone else onto him, and they're and he's performing. But the Cavs aren't really even the storyline this season. Nah. This, this even this week. Even. Not no, not, not definitely not this week. So, I, I think we should move on to some awesome moments from this week and some notable stats because there are there are quite a few. So, Geek. Hit us up first with so the Raptors you're saying are nine and one in their last ten, yeah, Just, which I wouldn't have expected. No, but right. so that, I mean that that clearly so that means they're they're still in two from a standing perspective. Of course, okay, it's crazy because they won all their games I believe this week, and Charlotte lost all their games, and they they've stayed the same seed. Wow, which is ridiculous because in the West that wouldn't have happened. Anyways, like, yeah, the Raptors are 9-1 in the last 10. They've outscored their points by, you know, almost 18 points per game, which is completely That's so ludicrous. nuts. They're, they're like one of the – actually, I found a stat for these guys, too. They are the best uh, three-point shooting team in the NBA right now as well. No way. From a percentage standpoint. Oh, they don't probably shoot as many as other teams. Though. No, but from a percentage standpoint, they are number one. Well, shout out to our boy, Corey Joe. In the six. Uh, I get a ring and I bring it home. <laughs> Corey, Corey Joe's going to tweet us. I, I, just, I just feel it. Yeah. I definitely feel it. You know, we can't talk about last week without talking about the Rockets setting this NBA record. They made 24 three-pointers. Um, I, this was versus New Orleans. Yeah, which how is many, an NBA how many, record. How many did they actually take, though? 61. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. They didn't even shoot 30%. That's right. But it's okay because... Both of them are NBA records, <laughs> and they said they're going to probably they're going to break it again this year because they're they're simply just going to take more three pointers. They're, they're the Bizarro Warriors. Is, are they? Is there a game at which they just decide only to exclusively take three pointers? They they don't even like go into the lane at all. I think it would have to be against somebody like the Sixers, and I think they would just have to like serendipitously like their first twelve shots from the field would all have to be threes. Yeah, and like if that was the case, and they were making them, and they were just up, like <laughs> then it might happen. But even then, I think you just start getting uh, bench time players in there, and they just try to get stats. So that, I don't think it'll ever happen. Or the or the generals. I think I think <laughs> I think for uh, one quarter, I think it could happen for one quarter. Okay, that they, only, that they only took and made threes. I agree. There was there was another weird stat about like I think it was Utah. I, I I might have the wrong team here, but they they only made thirteen shots, thirteen field goals in a half. Oh, I I, I 
I don't know, man. The kind Bulls, of screwing that up. But. The Bulls didn't even score 70 points against the Bucks. How many field goals <laughs> did they make? Right. Not Damn. very many. Uh, and you want to talk a little bit about Rodney Hood's? Yeah, last night, if anything you needed to watch from the last week of games was Rodney Hood's game winner against Dallas. That probably wouldn't have been a game to watch, Utah versus Dallas. Nope. nope. That game winner was. You need to see it like okay. immediately. Who did Utah play uh, the game before? I can't remember, but Hood put up big numbers against them, too. He was raining threes. I think he might have had like six threes uh, the previous game as well, and it was a close game uh, coming down coming down the stretch. But that was the game Derek Favors came back, and they looked surprisingly good, right? Like There's all those questions about can you play Favors and Gobert at the same time, right. um, these sorts of these sorts of things, but they, you know, they played. They played pretty well. So uh, Utah, you know, maybe they're hitting their stride, right? Like so, at the beginning of the season, we thought some of these teams, you know, would do certain things, right. um, and they've kind of been going against the grain early in the season. But are these teams becoming who they actually are? Like, hey, hey so right on, man. Is, is Chicago going down? Is Utah going up? You know, maybe Ooh. your boys out Ooh. in uh, in Lake Minnetonka can, uh, can pull it together. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. Nice. Hopefully. Um, all right, <laughs> we got to go a little bit into some other stats for the week. So. Man, Lillard, Greek Freak, John Wall all went off over the last four games. They're all over 100 points, averaging 25-plus. LeBron had a crazy game against Charlotte last weekend. He had 44 in that game. From a boards perspective, Tyson Chandler threw down um, 23 boards versus the Knicks. Threw it down. So Will Chamberlain numbers. Yeah, they gave him that huge contract in Phoenix, and he's been... Uh, been been snoozing and so it's good to see him finally maybe aren't uh, yeah. that's nasty but to top that i i thought 23 boards was just sick but topping that cp3 had 20 dimes versus the pelicans he had a 20 and 20 game and zero turnovers that is insane i think that's the most that's the first 20 by 20 game since like the 70s wow and then i also saw this i was just looking at the stats for other random games John Wall had seven steals in one game. I I have not seen anybody over five in like a year of looking at stats. Oh, really? So, and I I mean I I could be wrong. Just what I've looked at, but yeah. that's a huge huge number. Free John Wall. Hashtag free John Wall. Let's get this man up to Boston. Let's get him. Let's get him out west. Let's uh, let's do something. Send him to New Orleans. Let's get John Wall. He's too Wall good of a player. Oh, man. Kind of sulking in Washington, honestly. John Wall in New Orleans would just be sick. Well, that would be amazing. If if Davis can stay healthy. Davis is not healthy, and I'm going to go into that later in the episode. Mm. Okay. Free crazy eyes while we're at it, too. Bobby Portis. <laughs> Bobby Porter said <laughs> we have to go into a couple insane plays of the week insane plays brought to you by insanedunks.com these dunks are nuts so the top five plays of the week I'm I'm looking back you know Jabari Parker playing against Chicago has two absolutely crazy dunks he is just back in it I have to highlight those and we're going to share Try and share those on our uh, RTP Twitter feed. Um, Paul George just has just this nasty crossover against Miami. And he's like literally making defenders fall over. I was like, this is sick. It wasn't even the top play of the day, NBA. Like the NBA highlight place. They didn't even make it the top play of the day. Because Larry Nance Jr. just. Oh, no. But getting into that, Larry Nance Jr. has. That's probably in the top three of the like the best plays of the year for me. Oh, for sure. This So this is, we're referencing Larry Nance Jr.'s dunk over Brooke Lopez on, I think this was on Wednesday. Right. And he buried him alive. 
<laughs> it was so sick. I just like rest in peace. <laughs> rest in peace, Brooke Lopez. Who who put Brooke Lopez to rest last week? I think it was you, MTG. I'm pretty sure uh, we all have. We yeah. take. Uh, hey, I'm you know I'm gonna throw it. I'm gonna throw it in there that Taj Gibson's dunk over Gorgie Jang. Um, uh, one Chicago highlight all week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then I have to kind of round this out with Chris Paul. Chris Paul dishes out to uh, Crawford, just like weaving in and out of defenders. And this, I think, this was in the uh, the twenty the twenty dime game, and he is just like he's making moves that I didn't think he could make at his age. So a couple of notable contenders that didn't make uh, didn't make the list though. A one, uh, Pau Gasol. Um, this week was leading a break. Uh, he had like a double double that game. I think I can't remember who it was against, but he was running up the court, leading the break, and threw one handed bounce pass to Kawhi yeah. uh, on the break for a dunk. That was just like pinpoint accuracy. You, you would have thought he was Ricky Rubio. Yeah. Like it was, yeah. it was so clean. And the other one, again going back to Milwaukee, just dominating this week. Um, Greek freak. He jumped up to go dunk it. Somebody put his hand up in the air, so he yeah. moved over to his left. So he had the ball up kind of by his right shoulder, moved the ball to the left, and still dunked it. <laughs> up, made him change. God. Greek freak still threw it down. So He's like there was so a lot of good, yeah, a lot of good highlights. From the what was the? Sure. There was a block. There was a block of cat. So cat tried to throw down a dunk. I think it was against. Lo- it was Lopez. It was Lopez. Yeah. Lopez just stuffed him. <laughs> just entirely stuffed him. The artist formerly known as Brooke Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can't just be called Brooke Lopez anymore. That man's been killed too many times. Right. Um, no, and then there was one that was just similar to Giannis, uh, Kawhi Leonard. I think that was that same yeah. game. He was going up for a dunk, a throwdown, and he was like, "Oh, I can't make it," and he just like finger rolls it in with his oh. claw. Like, well, hand. there was like a yeah, there was a mid mid air collision with the dude. Like yeah. they both jumped up and their bodies hit, and he just like went up and under the dude's arm, yeah. laid it off the glass. <laughs> it was incredible. Too clean. All right, so move, moving on from from the plays of the week, and God, these those were great plays. Moving on to some terrible moments or less spectacular highlights from this last week. You know what? I I'm going to start out with something a little bit outside of basketball, but Cousins' behavior this last week with the reporter is just appalling to me, and it's just like I he just has like a history with this guy or something. I think he's from the what the Sacramento Bee. And yeah. he had, like, asked a question about his brother, I believe. And it just, <laughs> it completely turned. And he was he was not answering questions for other reporters because he was in the room. And I'm just like, I know it's kind of like outside of kind of a highlight reel or whatnot. But, man, I don't know. That kind of definitely drives me the wrong way. I actually don't mind it. Um, you don't mind it? You just expect it from, from Boogie? Kind of. But also, like, they're getting pestered like night in night out about these same topics like kevin durant is being asked about westbrook still you know westbrook is asked about the triple doubles and durant still yeah no but but i i guess what what i'm trying to where i'm trying to go with this one is like he was like physically confronting the reporter i, I saw this but you're you're okay with physical confrontation no, between not. players and me i'm not about that but the idea of not answering questions the, the idea of just like enough is enough when you bring your family into this like sure this is about me Get it all on me right now for mm-hmm. the team. Don't bring my family into it. Mm-hmm. This guy is actually just – I know this The reporter. He's been very anti-Cousins his whole career. Like, okay. You know, same with Durant. There was a guy in uh, in OKC who was like all uh, 
obsessed with getting Westbrook off the team. Yeah. And he would report that way. Okay. I don't know. Like maybe you you hit someone hit some strings with certain people and certain players uh-huh. and then that just rubs them the wrong way. Why are they still allowed in the gym? Why are they still allowed in the the post box? Like that's your that's your right, right? You know, like to I don't know, like stop doing this reporting where it's like try to get the most hits and the most clicks. Try to be as accurate and as articulate as possible about creating the best storyline for you. No, I, I absolutely agree. He's with representing you. Sacramento. I, I absolutely yeah. I absolutely agree with your point. I just the physical confrontation no, is not is that. not good for for the interaction between the players and the media and you know, ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time that's not the case. I mean I agree with that. Yeah. You know. But Boogie and uh Matt Barnes, you know, they're just they're capable of doing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So all right, you know, we, we have to talk a little bit about who came to visit us at the old man's lounge this last week. Because we were stacked, we had we had to you know kind of break out some extra seating a couple of days. So, oh man, 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 one more time, oh man. Oh man. All right, so we have to talk a little bit about who who came to visit us at the Old Man's Lounge this, this last week. So starting from last Saturday, Rodney Rodney Magruder, who I did not even know was in the NBA, uh, came <laughs> yeah. to visit us. Who does he us. even play for? He plays for Miami. <laughs> Anderson Verjao definitely, definitely came that night as well. And another player I'd never heard of, Salah, you're, you're, good, you're better Mashri. with the Mashri. Uh, for the Mavs, well, the Mavs have kind of whoever they have, so that makes sense. <laughs> uh, Victor Steele Depot comes to visit us on uh, Monday night. Or on, yeah. Uh, no, no, that's on Sunday. On Wednesday. Gee, who is this? I don't even know who this is. Alexis Anjinka. <laughs> uh, F you. He's like this like seven foot prospect who's still a prospect. He's been in the NBA for like 10 years. <laughs> he plays for New Orleans and he's like this beast. He sucks, by the way. Channing Fry and Andre Robertson come in on on Thursday night. I don't like Andre Robertson, and you know what? This was this was the worst performance of the entire week, and a potential worst performance of the season. Whoa! You cannot play over thirty minutes in a game and not score at all. That's terrible, terrible, terrible. And you know what? Delhi, I thought was you were better than this, but you know what? You know, we'll let you come to the old man's lounge and uh, we'll, we'll serve you some natty ice or something like that. <laughs> you know what's really funny? He just released his own shoe. It's called the Deli One. <laughs> and it's like, you know, Australian colors. Hey, he I was like, here, were... let's pay it forward. Here's all these shoes with an old man's performance. But there yeah. is a dress code in the old man's lounge. We, we, <laughs> no. don't, we don't allow that. Only no, here. I mean, we would, let, we would let those shoes in if they called them, you know, the Deli Bloomin' Onions. <laughs> 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 That's funny. Okay, so every, you know, every week, we bring in our their best and the worst of the week, right? And we have the trending players and not so trending. And what better way than to celebrate them with the White Iversons versus the Schoolboy Qs? Woo! All right. So who do we have? Who do we have? Kind of showing up on the on the White Iverson front? Post Malone's. Um, we have George Hill, who is approximately like four points better than he was last year. 
We have Kevin Love and Kristaps Porzingis also about the same, like three and a half, four points better than they were last year. Sure. We have a surprising Rudy Gobert in their last in his last five games has an average of seventeen points, which is insanely shocking. Fourteen and fourteen or so boards. He has almost four blocks a game. Yeah. And get this, like over eighty percent shooting. Yeah, he is. He's the league leader in field goal percentage. <laughs> It's it's absolutely this insane. Is just his last five games. But Porzingis, man, Porzingis is just making a statement this season. Yeah. So I mean, these guys are going off. His Def- last two games, he's had sixty points, twenty boards, ten blocks, seven for eight from three. That is like Steph Curry on a normal day, you know. So I got to bring up one question here in re- in regards to George Hill. Is George Hill still in contention for most improved player this season? Uh, I don't think he is at all. No. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. No, I've 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 listened to a num- uh, number of other podcasts that have kind of mentioned him oh. in the running, but he did not play all of the early season here. So, yeah. um, and I think Greek Freak is kind of running away. With I the think award. it's Greek Freak right now. So easy. All right. So on the schoolboy cues front, I didn't really I didn't really have enough time this week to really and I'll be honest here. To really find out a few people in their last four or five games. Sure. But I found a team. Yeah, you didn't need players. This week. <laughs> you didn't need them. What, what, I don't know. Because well, guess what? It's the entire city of Chicago. It's not even just the Bulls. It's the politicians. It's everybody who lives within the city limits. I mean, what's happening there? Here's what needs to happen. You need to take Jimmy B. Give him a mystery injury. Some sort of like illness no one's ever heard of. Hell, say it's Zika. Tell, say, tell everybody you got Zika and he used to go hang out in Miami. With He's got Browns. that TBD. That's right, that's right. That's right. <laughs> he just needs to go down to Miami, hang out with LeBron's people, you know, saying get that HDH in his life. And, uh, you know, we'll just tank versus season. Dwayne Wade will get injured. It's not a problem. Rondo will get thrown off the team in a couple weeks here. Um, and just let uh, Taj um, hang out and be an all-star this season while the Bulls coast to a, a cool, like, 13 wins and get the number one pick. Let's do it. Let's do it. That would be insane for you guys if you get tank to life. The pick. Thank you. Right, just, just, like there's no reason to keep this going. You know, right. fire Fred Hoiberg and like make a make one of the janitors the coach for the yeah. season. Just like, let's do full on tank mode, and yeah. then we'll come back next season that much stronger. Right, like we can get Jeff Van Gundy to come out of retirement and coach. We can, you know, you know, close out on. You the, can always the, get George Carl. <laughs> no, no one can get George Carl. No one wants to. All right, we have to talk a little bit about standings. You know, we ha- we we did not talk about standings in the last episode. I want to talk about just a few things that are really surprising here. First off, Bulls and Pacers are both out of the top eight right now. The, wow. I, I mean, Bulls are at nine. The Pacers are at ten. The Bucks are sitting at five. The Celts, the Celts are sitting at three. I think we had kind of predicted them uh, in that three yeah. to four. I think I said that. Yeah. Oh, hey, it's, it's coming, coming to fruition. <laughs> now, in the West, in the West, the Rockets and the Clips are tied are are three and four respectively. So, but they're actually tied from a records standpoint. Sure. Makes sense. Now there is a quite a noticeable gap though between eight and nine in the West. And at nine, this I was just shocked. I was shaking my head for a few minutes after I saw this. The Kings are in ninth. The Kings could make the playoffs this season. When you get rid of Rondo, you get better. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Kings in ninth. Unbelievable. So. Who should be there? It should be what Denver. Uh, I guess we could talk about 
whoever at nine. The West of them is deep. Yeah. Yeah. At nine, it doesn't really matter. It really falls, really falls off hard. Yeah. Is it really just those top three, four teams now? I remember back in the golden days, two years ago. (laughs) You had to win 50 just to get in a playoff. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to drop into it. We do it every week, at least when MTG is here. We're dropping into the three man we are back. Hey, what's good, fellas? What's oh happening? man, what an answer. The only answer to this question, not even the correct one, the only one is Russell Westbrook. Interesting. Russell yeah, Westbrook. I'm doing how Harlem Globe try to shit around my body spinning on my finger right now. The second will crying LeBron replace crying Jordan in the memosphere this season. Alright. You gotta hit us with hit us with the back fat. You said it's back. The back fat's back. And yeah. and where are we going? Where are we going this week? The first hint is that it's not Chandler Parsons. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you already know the answer. <laughs> so uh, Without the clue, MTG has guessed. You know, if you, if you were to, like, you know, throw your hands up and count, like, you know, Ricky, Rubio, Zach Levine, you know, Randy Foy. Syllables? Not syllables, but, like, count their letters and their names. Oh, the actual number of letters. Okay. okay. It will, you know, be the... The digits that you have on your hands. Okay? Okay. okay. So that's your first hint. Fingers. Ten and ten. He's actually a junior. You know, like Larry Nance Jr. Okay. He's a junior. Okay? Okay. But he, his jersey doesn't have it on it. Sure. The TV show Martin is his favorite TV show. <laughs> All right? Incredible. Incredible clue. Keep going. This is incredible back fat. And it's not Larry Nance because there's ten, ten letters on his name. Yeah, it's not Larry Nance. It's it's up to ten. It's up to ten. Okay. Oh, that was. I'm sorry. I'm, sometimes I throw you off. Sometimes I just want to like. Yeah. Sometimes you throw falsehoods in my face to try and distract me. Falsehoods in your face. <laughs> All right. So, um, Rodney falsehood. Go ahead. He was drafted after your boy Brandon Roy, after our potential boy that became some random dude randy foy remember that yeah we actually traded brandon roy for brandy foy remember that he was drafted after that okay so that same class okay that was the andreas bargiani class (laughs) this is deep already most of his name lives in the state of georgia about 11.8 of all of his names live in georgia six percent lives in washington dc 6% 6% also live in New York. If you never wanted to meet one of those guys, you have to go to Nevada because no one of his name lives in Nevada. The life expectancy, though, here's here's where it gets really deep. The life expectancy for people named his name is a cold 68.1 years. All right. Who's got a last name of black or brown in the NBA right now? Uh, Jalen Brown? That's too too recent. He's talking about a demographic or something. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Um. Here's a huge hint. In 2015, he was caught on Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, all social medias trying to recruit Josh Smith. Josh Smith. Why? Why would you recruit Josh Smith? Probably the biggest hint of all is this. This past week, he was in the news. He was in the news being coveted by the Thunder, by the Pacers, by the Rockets. That's crazy to me that he was being coveted by these three teams. I got nothing. I got absolutely nothing. By the Pacers? This, this could be a hint because... I thought Martin was the best hint. 
Maybe I'm maybe I'm drawing this out right now, but he he donated twenty two thousand two hundred twenty two dollars and twenty two cents to St Jude Children's Research Hospital. I, Gee, this is so deep that I have no idea. Who I this have is. more, but I'll I'll hold off. No, you give up. It's something. I want you, I want you guys to guess. I I want to guess. You you've gone so deep that I I don't know. The really? back fat has back fat. The the back fat has back fat. Back fat has metastasized. Desire <laughs> 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 control. Uh, he was nominated for the Naismith College Player of the Year along with JJ Reddick, Adam Morrison. Do you remember that mother? Yes. And Alan Ray. Okay, that's. He played for UConn. Oh, that's a good idea. Just re- remember, we're, we're... Uh, Khalid Alamine. No, um, close because he played for UConn, but not even close. But not, but not even in the same era. No. Okay, here's the biggest hint of all. I didn't even have it written it down. Ray Allen. Almost. No. <laughs> <laughs> he went to George Carl because we just said George Carl. Yeah. This is the hint right here. This yeah, is it. This is it. Welcome to Basketball Hell. Who said that? Rudy Gay. Yeah. Rudy Gay. I was like five and, and I was five. And no, he his name is equivalent to the number of digits or like it the same he has the same number of letters in his name as other two players that he said earlier. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Boom. Rudy Gay. So what did Rudy Gay do? What's the stat? That's the stat. Oh, we're just guessing an NBA player's name? That's the yeah. stat? Yeah. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Rudy Gay. Dropping bombs. Got to be traded the, in the NBA. The back fat is so complicated that the NSA can't even solve it this week. So. Aha! And that's been Back Fat Fat Back Back Fat. <laughs> Damn it. Alright. We're we're gonna oh, drop shit. Oh yeah. Me so oh yeah. Sex of clams. Sex Boy, so amazing. So amazing. So amazing. <laughs> Right, we are back with this week in basketball. So, you know, we have we have to delve into league activity week after week here, and this has been a very interesting week actually in league activity. It's been it had been quiet for quite some time, and now we're back with a lot of news. So, and this the CBA ended up passing this last week. So, I'll talk about that in just a second. But before we do that, the players of the week were announced, and both LeBron and Marcus Saul ended up getting players of the week awards, and both are rightfully deserving of those awards at this Boom. point. Marcus Saul just has turned it up. So thoughts are, I mean, obviously LeBron is is with a forty four point performance, and the Cavs doing as well as they're doing. He's obviously in the running. Marcus Gasol held the like, ship down while uh, Mike Conley was out. Conley's back and they immediately lose. Yeah, so exactly. that, uh, <laughs> you know, Marcus Hall can't save the world, but the common uh, denominator is Conley. <laughs> yeah, now they uh they'll, you know, with Conley being back this quick as long as he's healthy, uh, I like where the Grizzlies are going. Yeah. So, I want to get back a little bit into the CBA. So the CBA does change uh, it has some interesting provisions to it. Uh, a couple of them are a couple of those provisions are are really interesting from what's been done prior. The first one is the designated player extension. 
So essentially, you have to be an all-star player or you have to have won um, a Defensive Player of the Year award or an MVP to even qualify for the designated player extension. So, And if you do that, then you can basically be assured that you could get a deal with it, with that team. Well, you get a what it is is you get an extra year on your deal potentially. You can you can like when these players like West Westbrook are up for extensions and stuff yeah. like that. There's an extra year on the deal that can be offered by the oh, okay. team. Okay, okay. Um, and so that's what's big about that is that it's less likely for your the players to leave that big money on the table now and go and do a super team thing or go and leave. Like they must really not like their team. Yeah. In order to do that, and so this designated player thing is only for a select number of players, kind of like the Rose Rule was for rookies, where yeah, right. yeah. if you made All Star as a rookie, then you can get that boost to your next contract. Same thing but just for the great players and it makes it a lot harder for super teams to form and it was really interesting kind of looking at who was who's eligible for that it turns out that Durant is not even eligible uh, he's not he was not awarded any of those awards so um yeah but like Gordon Hayward was on the list okay really that's really good. interesting it makes it that's best. good it's great for Utah it's good for yeah. the small market teams yeah. you yeah. know but uh so beyond that there was also <laughs> An interesting provision around first-round picks and just salary caps kind of coming off that rookie deal. So I, I think it was it had previously been at about 200%. They could basically jump up 200% in their contract, and now they're saying they could jump up like 300% from what they had been making in the rookie deal. I, I think for really high-performing rookies, this makes a lot of sense, and it, just given the money in the NBA. That's the thing. This is peanuts compared to all the other changes and the new revenue and stuff like that. So everybody right. should be getting a piece of this pie. Yeah. Hey, Guy, you had talked a little bit about the uh, about this D League, D League kind of exception that they had put in the new CBA. Can you talk a little bit about what ended up happening? There? Yeah, just a little uh, bit about that. I don't know a whole lot, but um, they've added uh, contracts for teams for D League players. So now your roster is set at like seventeen or eighteen. Okay. But two or three have to be D-League players. Okay. They still have the injury exception and everything. So it's just like more rounded out numbers for players that are trying to, you know, come into the NBA. I love it. It's like the best thing that I saw in the CBA. Yeah, same. And actually, the way I understood it is that there's two more roster spots. So it's going to be at 17. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily they have to be in the D-League. What I had understood it as um, is that the, 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 uh, the structure of the contract itself can change based on where the player is at. So if they go down to the D League, they start making D League money. And if they come back up to the league, or like if a D League player starts in the D League, comes up to the NBA, he starts making NBA money. Okay. So like you can't get these players on like twenty five thousand dollar D League contracts, bring them up to the league, and they're still making twenty five uh, grand a uh, season, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I agree, it's, it's great, and I I really approve of it. Um, and just having those two extra roster spots does what you're talking about about giving these kids chance to like make these NBA teams, have some security. And what they also did is they bumped up the um, minimum or the average D League salary. That's right. So that increased, I think. Up, upwards to like 7,500 grand a year yeah, versus it was grand, yeah. down near 30 or something yeah, like that, like less was. than 30 a year for D-League players. So this allows teams a lot of flexibility and allows them to take more chances. Yeah. Um, and so I'm yeah. I'm fully uh, in approval of this. I think it's a great move and I think um, it'll result in a lot more players. Uh, I think it might even improve um, the, the state of D-League play, right? Yes. If you watch the D-League, you see... And I do, I do. Uh, you see just a lot of people running and gunning. You see the guards dominating a lot. You see a lot of, you know, you just don't see a lot of 
great basketball down there, not a lot of good team play because these, play, these players are auditioning, right? They're trying to get over in Europe based on this performance. They're trying to get up to the league. But if you have these two extra slots, somebody's already in the league, that gives them more opportunity to sort of get the reps in, get the court, you know, get healthy, um, things like that, and still not be worried about having to make the, make the league. So. I love it. So, like, here's the flip side. Someone like Anthony Bennett on his rookie contract has completely, you know, failed to do anything. Could yes. he be demoted to the D-League and then have a D-League salary? Yes. Pretty much. That's my understanding of it. I like it because then it gives you the risk. It gives them the honesty of needing to be the player they need to be yes. and put in the work. Otherwise, you're going to be demoted. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it happens in it. all other sports. I mean, it happens in... In baseball, for sure. I mean, if you yeah. go to the minors, you're getting paid minor league pay yeah, yeah. until you come back yeah, up. That's the thing. I think I think you see a lot less of players making it to the league and then going down to the D league. You, you don't, don't see you that. You don't see that very much yeah. because there's so many good scouts. There's so many uh, people yeah. in management Except that know these players. Quincy AC. Uh, <laughs> but see, that's the thing. That's such a that's such a rare exception. Um, but the I think this is really put in place for D league players who then make the league and can have that salary jump that is appropriate with. Yeah. With that. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um. You know, one other interesting thing I, I saw on the CBA, and I, I can't go too much deeper in this, but the the fact that Michael Jordan kind of plays a very pivotal role in negotiations because he's he's, he's got the perspective sides. of the player, but he's also the owner and is able to kind of bridge both sides. And I think that's interesting. And I really I really like that it went through. Obviously, we don't need to go through any lockouts or or anything like that. And I, I think this this NBA is too progressive to let something like that happen. And there's too much money on the table anyways. That's it. Too much money. As far as MJ, I think that I would love to know some more details about that to understand what his role actually was. I think he has the respect of all the players. But at this point, he's just another rich owner who's just his money is in a whole other class than yeah. most of these athletes. So sure. I wonder how in touch and what he's really representing. Right, He's an owner now. His interests lie with the other owners and with the other rich people. So I wonder if he's just using his his name his and stature. his yeah it, to, to you know get in with the players or if there actually was he actually was a mediator and facilitator i would actually like to know I, more I, about that i don't i don't know but i just i, I heard or reading on this i i had heard that he had respect from both sides so i don't know what the role is and we can talk about that okay. kind of in in a future episode you know we this last week um you know the league did had a pretty great outpouring in terms of support for craig sager craig sager the uh, tnt reporter uh passed away so just the team response, just for like for a reporter who had kind of undergone this tremendous battle with leukemia, it was it was kind of an awesome thing that the NBA had just engaged in because I don't know if you'd see this from every sport. I don't think so. Um, he was pretty a pretty prominent um, member of the NBA media and had been with Turner all those years and things like that. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought a lot of it was good. I thought a lot of the, the things that were said were great. I think they did go a little bit too far, which is unavoidable. Um, but they went a little too far. Like they were asking Jeff Hornacek in that Knicks game, like <laughs> yeah. what he thought of the whole thing, and you could just tell that he like hadn't really thought about it or like didn't yeah. really have a connection to Craig Sager. And it's just like not everyone's going to, and it's not really appropriate sure. to have all these like super young players who might not even recognize who Craig Sager is. Like they're all wearing these warm ups that are different and stuff like that. Like a lot of it's really cool, but if you want to do that, like to get people in the spirit of it, that's one thing. But then to like interview every single person about yeah. Craig Sager, like it's not necessary. No, it's no, no, I, I, I he get- wouldn't have wanted that either. I think the best thing that was that come out that came out of it was like Kenny Smith, Charles yes. Barkley. They talking, they're them talking about it. Yes, Kenny Smith put it on the head, like put the nail on the head, being like, "This guy's life, man." He put 
a name to the name, like a name to that profession. Yes. Also, on the lighter side of that, um, just watching Kevin Garnett's old oh. old appearances yeah. with with Craig Singer yeah. are hilarious because yeah. he just makes fun of Craig Singer for his for his outlandish outfits every yeah. single episode. Just just go burn this, Craig. Very rarely do you see like a reporter have a rapport yes. with a player, with the fan base, with anyone, and like yeah, he was the. He put the attention off of him outside of the suits, right? Which is kind of contradictory, but yeah. it's always about the player. It's always, always been about the player, and I love that. It's never been about his brand at all. So what you're telling me is he put the rapport in Sideline Reporter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. All right, Key, you, you got to hit us up on on this uh, this latest, this last find here for league activity. I'll here. hit you up. President Obama signs a bot act? Which was confusing to me because I was like thinking of potus and bots as like some sort of like of the United <laughs> States. Anyways, which makes it illegal for bots to buy and resell tickets on like StubHub and SeatGeek and all their other sites. Sure. That's really interesting. And it's very much, it's, this is so much, it's like this is peak Obama, yeah. right? Like right. make a very specific act that has very narrow boundaries about <laughs> yeah. something that's not really that important. Yes. And then have it be heralded as like progressive and advancing. Just like, okay, so you're doing this for ticket sales, but you do realize that bots run like most of the internet, most financial <laughs> transactions. Like, yeah, like congratulations, you did this. And it's cool, right? Like it's cool. More people might be able to attend games because the, the prices won't be jacked up. But what about the stock market? Can we get can we get a bot act for the stock market? Yeah, you know what about, we probably need it. What about online harassment? What about uh, you know advertising in you know honesty and advertising on the internet? Like, can we get some can we get some actual uh, laws being made here before yeah. before Trump takes over, yeah. dude? Obama, can you retweet me? <laughs> All right, we we need to jump into a little bit of player activity. This trade that happened this last week and this activity around this trade is some of the craziest since. Since last July, when just it was just a free flow of information yeah. and everything going down. So I'm not as familiar with this. Guy, you want to kind of break this one down? I'm familiar, but to the extent of the fact that they're mistreating him, like they're treating him like a piece of meat, right? Okay. Demo was signed to a contract by Houston. Then he was renegotiated that contract to allow him to speak to other teams. He spoke to your hat right there, the Brooklyn Nets. And he saw he got an offer sheet during the midseason. He had you know forty eight hours to match. Otherwise, you know, the Houston had to pay the rest of that contract out, and he couldn't be tradable, or he wasn't able to be traded for the full rest of the year. And they did. They went ahead and matched it, but they matched it for less. His his agent didn't read the contract. Something in the clause of the contract said he could resign for less. He signed it, knowing that he knowing after he signed that he got less money, refused to show up to practice. Mm-hmm. They renounced the contract, and they, they've already brought in another player. So now they have their max roster capacity. <laughs> so Demo is just on the streets now in a, in a, in a weird way, do we, NBA streets. Do we, know, do we know who his agent is? It's like Billy Armstrong or something? No. B.J. Armstrong. B.J. The player. The player? Oh, really? I did not know that. B.J. Armstrong became an agent after he was done in the NBA. Oh. And this is like, this is damning. His, <laughs> oh, my <his> God. <coughs> wow. wow. MTG, that, that's an incredible stat. Incredible stat. Backfatfatbackdrapbackdrapbackdrapbackdrapbackdrapbackdrapbackdrapbackdrapbackdrapbackdrapbackdrapbackdrapbackdrapbackdrapbackdrapbackdrapbackdrapbackdrapbackdr
Chicago yeah. Bull, champion Chicago Bull, starting point guard in those 90s. He was the uh, original babyface assassin. Uh. <laughs> awesome. All right. We have to talk a little bit about injuries because there are, there are a couple big injuries that happened over just the last few days, and there are a couple of people coming back. So um, Isaiah Thomas is back for Boston, and Conley came back. It looks like Jeremy Lin is going to be back very shortly. But on the negative side, looks like Birdman is going to be out for the entire season now. I think he he broke his leg or something like that. Um, Davis is has reported a leg injury. Uh, uh, Davis reported a leg injury. Rose is dealing with his back issues again, and I don't know. I don't know kind of where we find ourselves. I'm nervous about Davis. I'm nervous about Davis. I'm not going to say I predicted it, but I predicted it. <laughs> so. huh. All right. We got to jump into a little bit of lighter news, though. So, Gabe, lead, lead us here. Lighter news brought to you by Hippo Lighters. <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by Hippo Lighters? We can't say Zippo for copyright infringement purposes, so we have started our own lighter brand, Hippo lighter. <laughs> Stay tuned for their Instagram where they just light lighters. <laughs> it's just the baby hippo lighter. <clears throat> That's lighter. awesome. Uh, incredible. On Jeopardy this week, speaking of incredible, there was an, an NBA category, uh, and the $1,000 clue was something like this. Like, Carl Malone was dominant in this position. You know, there's three people that just, like, no one rang in except for one in the last second. Yeah. And she goes, point guard. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Greg Popovich's Spurs could lose 1,082 consecutive games. <laughs> and he would still have a better career win percentage than Byron Scott. Man, I thought that would make it into your back fat. That's, in, that's an incredible stat. So, uh, furthermore, on the lighter news, so the WNBA has announced that their 2017 All-Star Game is going to be held in Seattle. And what? What? they promised it won't be rainy. What, what a terrible promise. <laughs> We're going to move on to, did he say that? So we have, we have a couple of uh, quotes from players, coaches, and media. And let's kind of take it from the top here. Hassan Whiteside said on DeAndre Jordan, I do a lot. He just catches lobs. DJ responds to Whiteside on what he said about saying all he does is catch lobs by made first team, all the NBA, and defense doing that. So Greg Popovich uh, basically says on Craig Sager, on a day like today, Basketball has to take a backseat. And it was a very, very emotional outpouring from Popovich, and he basically stopped the interview after that point. Right on. Um, Alan Iverson, um, to Philadelphia fans at halftime, because he was honored for his Hall of Fame inductee, um, he goes, I would never, ever sit out a game unless something was broke. I, I like it. I like his I like his passion, and it's, it, it's you know, worthy of... Uh, <laughs> Of continual debates on, on the rest thing that we already touched on in this episode. Yeah, but speaking of passion, Russell Westbrook goes on to say that this triple-double thing is kind of getting on my nerves. All I care about is winning, man. You know, it, it, it was getting annoying. It was getting annoying to basically have to sit and comment and sit and hear about that fact every single time. So just let him play. Uh, OKC wants to win games, and that makes sense to me. Just let's move on. Let's move on. All right. Um, all right. Go to Hondos. We're going to go to Hondos Games of the Week. Brett, Brett, woo! 
<laughs> we have a, we really do have a legit game of the week this week, and it is the Spurs versus the Clippers. This is a this is a playoff worthy game already. So red font worthy game. I don't I don't know how the red font happened, but it happened and it's there. And you got it. You have to watch this game. There's a couple of other games of note for this week. The Warriors are playing the Blazers, which should be a really oh, fun game. game. Uh, the Hornets are playing the Hawks, and I, the reason I highlighted this game is they both have a very similar record. It should be a very close matchup. Uh, the Cavs and Bucks, after what the Bucks have yeah. done over the last week, that could be a very, very fun Plus, game. Plus, I want to see uh, Giannis and LeBron going at it head to head, right? Oh like, yeah, Giannis has shown like a lot of uh, like. Just a lot of resilience in the face of LeBron, right? Like, he's just been able to take it to him in a way like nobody can. Right. (laughs) And the last game I have here is the Spurs versus the Rockets. That's that's a fun game. Texas showdown. That is a very, very fun game. Now, the worst games on my public service announcement, (laughs) the the Nets versus the 76ers is a contender for worst game of the season. It might actually be the worst game of the season. It's hard to say. Uh, Mavs versus Nuggets, not much better. Heat versus Pelicans, I'm not going to watch that. 76ers versus Suns, there's an off chance that that could be okay, but I am not betting on it. And the obscure game that I'm looking forward to that may never happen is now the Mad Ants versus <laughs> the Shanghai Sharks. Beautiful. That's that's a game of art. <laughs> I just I just want to see it go. I want to see well, it if go. anyone can make it happen. The guy, the man wearing the shades. <laughs> One Hondo. Wearing the shades. And it's Hondo dark P. outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that that is going to wrap up episode 18 of Riding the Pine. We're putting Ooh. week eight in the books. Gee, take it away. After playing a whopping eight minutes in his second game back this season, Nerlens Noel goes off in his post-game comments. I'm too good to be playing eight minutes. I don't care where. I don't really care. I need to be on the court playing basketball. They need to figure this out. Out of here. This has been a Vencast Studios production. This is Stacy on her motorcycle. What an incredible view! And this is Stacy off her motorcycle. Does this have sucralose in it? On her motorcycle. Oh, the wind in my hair! Off her motorcycle. Uh, it's pronounced etc., not etc. On. Woohoo! Yes! Off. No. You're better on your bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, quote today at progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.